1: Two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Vince Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this stop, as we enter into the month of November, mm. we got a doozy for you. Mm-hmm. We got a doozy for you. 1997's Jackie Brown. One of Quentin Tarantino's most acclaimed films. Yeah. Yeah. Adapted from an Elmore Leonard novel, starring. Woo! here we go. Here we go. Yeah, take a deep breath. Bridget Fonda, Samuel L. Jackson, Wait Robert Ford. You're saying
0: Bridget Fonda like you know Bridget Fonda. You know, <laughs> you know your blind
1: spots. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, you know. This actually here's the thing this is actually the, the only, only thing movie. i actually know her from like i know she's in other things mm-hmm. but i'm like oh yeah she was in jackie brown because right. well we'll talk about it she she does very well in jackie brown in 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 a film filled with titans yes and you were naming the titans i uh, robert, robert de niro samuel l jackson and riding herd on all... Oh, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And riding herd on all of them, the one and only Pam Greer. Oh, this was the choice of Lynn Webb, but before we get into Jackie Brown... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, watch, watch what you say there. Um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino might be jealous.
0: <laughs> Shout out to everyone who are watching and joining us Live as we are streaming via StreamYard to YouTube, Facebook, as well as to Twitch.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening, one and all. I didn't even mention uh, Tiny Lister in in Sid Haig. Right. Well, I I knew you were going to catch Sid Haig. Oh, you know I was going to catch Sid Haig. I actually have a note. I said, hey, it's Sid Haig.
0: I know. I know. But Tiny Lister in a small role and, and used... You want, want to
1: ask, is he used properly? Look. He's basically the secretary. Look. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has so many damn toys to play with in this film. Tiny Lister is the world's strongest skip tracer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there
1: was a call while you were out.
0: <laughs>
1: but we'll get to all of that. Yeah, we'll get on to all that. Let's get into listener mail. Listener mail. Missives from the missionaries what's going on i gotta get a in missionary world i feel like i need to get music for the listener mail your listener mail just 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 have music for every little bit and thing on here will be like the tonight show circa 1981
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i guess i guess we could do that
1: Um, hello
0: we got an email from ellis heron hey what's up ellis uh, first, he starts off with condolences to you, Vince, for Thank your loss. You, Ellis. Thank you and you. your family are in our prayers. I got to say, I'm with you on the Blade movies. This was in regards to our, our review of Blade Trinity. Okay. The first one is classic. Yes. The second did throw me off at first with the whole team up with your enemies angle, but they made it work just like X-Men 2 did. A hey, Guillermo del Toro. As for Blade Trinity, there was only one good thing that came out of that movie. Ryan Reynolds. Mm. While making the movie, someone on the set came up to him and said, you're basically playing this guy and handed over some Deadpool comic books. Interesting. Needless to say, Ryan fell in love with the character and made it his mission to bring him to the big screen. Now Ryan Reynolds is a big Hollywood player calling shots at Marvel Studios and even persuading Hugh Jackman to come out of retirement to play Wolverine once again. So in the end, Blade Trinity served its purpose. Speaking of movies and a trilogy, what are your thoughts on the Creed 3 trailer? Your boy, Ellis Heron from Fort
1: Worth. All right. You you know, I I wanted to say last week about Ryan Reynolds. If Ryan Reynolds really wanted to get on my good side, like if you want to get on Vince's good side, Mm -hmm. in Deadpool 3, he'd have Blade show up and take over half the movie. (laughs) And like be really pissed about it. That would be kind of right.
0: That'd be kind of fun. But
1: have you, have you seen the Creed trailer? I
0: believe I did see it once. And okay. I was not a fan of Creed 2. Okay. Um, not that Creed 2 is a bad movie, but it just didn't, didn't hit me like the first one. Sure, sure. Um, and I really honestly could do without Creed 3. Sure, sure, certainly. But I watched the trailer and I was like, okay.
1: Right, right. We'll yeah, I, I'm sort of the same way. I, Creed 2, I think, didn't hit me like Creed, but but Creed hit me pretty hard, mm-hmm. mainly because there's absolutely no way it should have worked. Right. And then it worked really well. Oh. So okay. then Creed 2, I was like, eh, you know, all right, all right. I will say this. I, I like the fact that it seems like it's not a retread of a Rocky story. They're they're going places. They're they're going somewhere that has to actually do with Creed's life. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, like oh, it's not the son of Clubber Lang or you know the son of the Don King character and Rocky Five. So I like that. And look, man, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors—the acting is going to be way better than it probably needs to be. That's very true. So you know, I'll watch it. That's very true.
0: Um, uh, there is um. Is Jonathan Majors the star of that movie, Devotion, that has to deal with the um, the uh, fighter pilot back in World War II? I believe. Have you seen that trailer? I've seen the trailer.
1: I don't even remember what the name of it was. I'm pretty sure it's Devotion. Maybe it is. And
0: th- that looks very interesting. I'm a sucker for a World wow, war. Wow! Did, did it? You thought it looked interesting? Well, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for a, a good looking war movie. Hey, man,
1: that's why there are two of us because I forgot about it immediately <laughs> up until this moment when you said something about it.
0: Uh, we also got a YouTube comment on our Blade Trinity review from okay. RMJ Movie Reviews. Hey, RMJ Movie Reviews. And actually actually uh, leaves comments on a few of our, our um, episodes. He says in regards to Blade Trinity, I hated this movie from the second I first saw it. It's a lazy convoluted whitewashed attempt to sideline the Blade character to another franchise this was a blatant slap in the face to Wesley Snipes to let him know you don't run ish black man I, I, I can't disagree with him no but I I, I wish I, I could but no yeah I yeah we cannot disagree with him at all did you see Vincent? Just a little bit of news because people are in our Facebook group share news. Okay. And right. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, I want to acknowledge that. And did you see some of the most recent news that Yaya Abdul Mateen is, I believe, either in talks or has already signed on. Yeah. To oh play yeah. Wonder Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. From everything I've seen, it's a done deal
0: in the marvel cinematic universe yeah oh yeah uh it's actually going to be in a disney plus series yes probably of the of the, of the same name what do you think about the casting of Yahya abdul Mateen II second as wonder man
1: i mean i'm i'm happy mm-hmm. you know i'm happy you know at this point i am um it's an embarrassment of riches with these characters and who right. gets it like if anything i i have to say i'm vaguely disappointed he didn't get a higher marquee character but you know i think it, you know it'll be fun it'll be nice first of all wonder man is a very very obscure marvel cinematic universe <laughs> character. Look, at this point marvel is flexing so much with their properties for those who don't
0: recognize the name and may think
1: is that wonder wonder woman's husband no uh
0: wonder man is simon williams who just giving you the quick 30 second pitch on the character is a uh, i guess like seedless actor in hollywood who i forget exactly how
1: he gets his powers oh my god it it, it really doesn't matter and yeah but he's he's got super strength he's a marvel guy he's got super strength yeah he he was an an actor. actor
0: and and i think he was an actor in like a soap opera right in the comic books (laughs) if i remember that correctly i'm trying
1: to think of the things
0: that they're probably going to bring to the series
1: right i think maybe the acting part. it it looks they'll probably go like the she-hulk angle that's what i make it more of a comedy
0: if not comic definitely maybe a little bit more lighter yeah definitely use this as an opportunity to be a little bit even more satirical about Hollywood than She-Hulk was, because She-Hulk doesn't really get to that level of satire to the the season finale. Um, So I'm a fan of him as an actor. Right. Uh, I wonder whether or not he's going to be able to still juggle his character in the
1: D.C., Cinematic yeah. Universe, which I was going to say, I have to say
0: because he's Black Manta, right? And and you saw
1: movies. that 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 the the Trench movie they said was secretly a Black Manta movie, mm-hmm. and the Trench movie got canceled, right? Which was going to be a spinoff of Aquaman, and I was like, ah, because like I really would rather have seen that mm-hmm. than me too, know, because that, that would
0: have given him an opportunity to like really play a lead of a right. complicated character,
1: also. If we're you know, nerd and we can move on after this a little bit. If we're because you and I didn't really get a chance to talk about this because mm-hmm. I came in hot. If we're talking about black characters playing one of these Marvel characters and, and what has really been on my mind this week, mm-hmm. you saw William Jackson Harper, my beloved cheaty from the good place. Yes. Has been cast in an undisclosed role in Ant-Man 3. Yes. Which is the proper introduction of Kang the Conqueror. Yes. And it's already a little buzzy, 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 buzzy about who he could be playing, who he might be playing, who he could possibly be playing. And I know your little nerd heart and my little nerd heart, ever since they announced that Jonathan Majors was playing Kang, Mm -hmm. you probably said, well, that's interesting because we know about Kang from the comic books. Right. And Kang is related to people
0: a in lot the of comic
1: people. books. Yeah. Like he's he's one character in particular is, I believe, grandfather. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if Kang is black, are they trying to imply that someone else could be black? Yes. You're thinking that. And then and when it was, it was just sort of a, you know, you kind of have it in your head and you don't think about it. And and I really was not really thinking about it. And to be quite honest, I'm still not really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That's just one of those things to keep your eye on. And William Jackson Harper is in that sweet spot mm-hmm. of, like, he's famous enough. He could be like a marquee character, mm-hmm. like one of the big characters in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. But he's not so famous that you don't see him signing up. For like one of them crazy Marvel contracts. Right. Like them 10-year eight movie contracts.
0: Nah, I could see him signing up for that.
1: No, no, no. That's oh, what I'm oh, saying. I'm oh, saying so he you is. don't see him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I hear people talking about um Giancarlo Esposito and oh, he should play Magneto. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that'd be nice, but I don't see him signing one of them 10-year eight movie contracts that marvel needs me neither like Giancarlo, carl like he ain't really that dude you know old denzel washington should play this person like uh, denzel ain't really doing nothing like that but right. william jackson harper could sign up he could sign up and be mr fantastic yeah he could so i have to say as much as i'm happy for yaya abdul mateen and wonder man this William Jackson Harper thing has it's been really taken up. That's been taken up my nerd. Well, you, you
0: dropped the Mister Fantastic without you, you're going to do Mr. that.
1: Fantastic you, is of you course the, the dots of the Fantastic Four, which is one of those key properties that just got folded back into Marvel over the past few years, right? And they've been teasing it. Yes, you you know, um, not I, I never know his name, Jim from the Office. John, Uh, John,
0: uh, um, I know who you're talking about. Right. Like, like, no, he's not going to be it.
1: Right. The nerd casting was they wanted him to play it, and then he played a variant of 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 the character in Doctor Strange. Right. But he made very clear, and everyone made very clear, this was basically a one-off. Right. So.
0: But wait a minute, when I meant by connect the dots, is because you started talking about Kang.
1: Because Mr. Fantastic in the comic books, Reed Richards, is in a lot of situations kang's grandson exactly exactly so that's so in a film that is introducing kang mm-hmm. and then william jackson harper is floating around
0: you wonder whether or not william jackson harper might be playing who definitely has the image that would be fit yeah the character of mr fantastic
1: absolutely he's played nerdy geeky but somehow pulls it off yes who are secretly secretly
0: on the low cut
1: and right 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 as as old girl said is is quietly jacked exactly yeah exactly so um but happy for one and all all of these actors are my favorite kind of black actors mm-hmm. working ones
0: um, um who was it i believe it was pharaoh blackwell this is why i love 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 our missionaries in regards to our talk about Abdul Mateen, pharaoh blackwell said Hey, damn, this means that there's no season two of Watchmen. Yeah. To which Deborah Battle, ever ready, said, Farrell Blackwell, there was never going to be a season <laughs> that's, two that's right. of Watchmen. That's right. And that is absolutely 100% um, true. Uh, going back to the Facebook group, Robert Monroe Jr. Hey, Robert. Says that last night he saw Till. Okay. And believes that Danielle Detweiler definitely deserves a Best Actress Oscar nomination. People have been saying good things. People have been saying good things about Till. um, So I'm excited for the acclaim that it will gather. Absolutely. Um, I hope that it it gets the box office.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I feel like this is another film where the production team is also black. Like, I think a sister is the one who was in the position to green light it. And, you know, I know the director and and her name slips my mind, unfortunately, right now. So so as much as we love people in front of the camera, we also love people behind the camera and in the rooms making decisions. So,
0: yeah. Um, Till, which tells the true story of Mamie Till Mobley's relentless pursuit of justice for her 14 year old son, Emmett Till, who was, of course, lynched in 1955 um was directed by Chinone Chukwu okay she is a Nigerian film director who is famous for the dramatic movie Clemency okay was her her her, uh, her biggest claim to fame before till okay excellent okay
1: top five. who's your top 5
0: top five ladies and gentlemen where I come up with top five five lists and Vince talks about (laughs) Uh, this week's top five in commemoration of our feature film tonight Jackie Brown tonight's top five is the top five full name movies okay very nice now the the african american
1: so, Forrest Gump will not appear. Okay. No
0: Forrest Gump. No Tom Jones. No Tom Jones. No Jerry Maguire. No Jerry Maguire. No. Okay. okay. So, it'll be Black Films. Black Films. Whose title is the full name? The full name. So, no Ray.
1: No Ray no harriet no harriet because it doesn't had a full name so it has a full name okay well i'm i'm interested to see no how Hancock. you interpret the there there are a few films that i'm already thinking of that i'm wondering if they'll be on here so let's go all right we're gonna
0: go now we are going to go from the worst to the best for the worst to the best okay
1: starting at number five number five is the worst the worst full name, full name oh. film. I bet I know what this is gonna be. Let's see. Oh, let's let's see. No, 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 no. Let's say. Uh-uh. Let's see. Nope. No, let's say. Nope. Is let's it Black see. Belt Jones? No.
0: Okay. No. I forgot all about Black Belt Jones. I knew this one's gonna be missed. Wasn't
1: I- that weird? Because remember, it was weird because I think that was actually his government.
0: Was it? really remember
1: people call him BB and Black Belt? <laughs> I, I, I It was the strangest thing. I have flushed.
0: All memory almost all memory of that movie out of my head except the stupid car wash fight how in the, you in the cell.
1: how you forget all the scenes with Gloria Hendry
0: mm-hmm. somehow I have Oof. I've seen her in other places Oof, you really didn't like it then <laughs> I've seen her in better places Oof. no all right this movie is Alex Cross <laughs> <from>
1: 2012 <laughs> Speaking of these young actors getting gigs, you saw um um not Allen Elders Elders Hodges Aldis Aldis Hodges. Hodges yeah he just signed up for re for a revamp of Alice Cross
0: yes thank God
1: <laughs> I did see that thank the Lord Ooh, Tyler Perry looks so serious because <laughs> anyone who
0: sat through this drek.
1: I'm raising my hand. Why did you watch Alex Cross starring Tyler Perry?
0: You do not remember those halcyon days when I was co-joined with a rabbit Tyler Perry fan.
1: Hey, man, you didn't have to watch it. Well, didn't I? No, 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 no. Like you, you've never lived in a one room hovel. Well, like everywhere okay. you've lived has,
0: has had more than one room. Okay, there's there's one thing about a one room hovel. There's another thing about a movie theater.
1: Whew. well you a good man, Charlie Brown. Yeah,
0: well, what do you want? <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was like multiple. It was like it was like a few of us. Like I think it was like about three couples that went out. So mm. look, look, mm. I had to do it. I mean, I knew that this movie was bad because. You know, Tyler Perry went to his own wig department.
1: (laughs) He's very serious. For this film. That's a very serious wig. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's
0: not a good film. It's it's just a shame because the character is a good character. Absolutely. Isn't it adapted from um I thought like a series of novels? Series of novels, I think by like James Patterson or something Didn't like that. Didn't Morgan Freeman
1: play Alex Cross in something? In
0: one of the in one of those yeah. older, like Kiss the Spider yeah. movies or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they made their way to Tyler Perry. <laughs> they quickly took an off-ramp. <laughs> And they lock down Hawkman. So
1: okay. So Alex Cross was not. <laughs> you need to move to the next because this picture I know Tyler Perry Tala. is cracking me up. I am Tyler Perry and I am very serious. You know what the tagline
0: for this movie is? No one better cross
1: <laughs> <than> Alex Cross. <laughs> There's a cross-dressing joke in there somewhere, and if I had like three minutes, yeah. let's get off. Yes. Number four, <laughs> Black Dynamite. Oh, I, I was hoping Black Dynamite would show up because I think that's a, I think that's a a, a, a better
0: use. It's of a the, spoof of Black Belt Jones and many other black yeah. exploitation mm-hmm. films, and that Black Dynamite is his government. Yes, it is Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. Yes. Yes. And it's a movie that holds up. Um, maybe because they had a little bit more time with it. I find myself really enjoying the, the animated series. Oh my goodness. Like I've rewatched it about four times.
1: <laughs> I introduced my daughter to the Black Dynamite episode with Michael Jackson. <laughs> the other day. Like just showed her the one scene with cream corn telling michael jackson he hit it a little harder <laughs> what's that cream corn <laughs> you know what teenagers are always too cool for school and disaffected mm-hmm. there's something beautiful about watching a a 17 year old's mouth open wow because she could not believe what she was seeing wow so she totally got it i said yeah this is good parenting right now that is cool i'm doing what i'm supposed to do that is cool man Mm -hmm.
0: that is dope yeah so number four black dynamite so you can see we we rose oh yeah oh yeah
1: because black dynamite is fantastic it's a
0: fantastic movie.
1: i'm trying to see what three movies are better than black dynamite okay okay
0: number three controversial Putney Swope. Putney Swope? Now, Putney Swope is uh, from 1969, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. And for people who are not really familiar with uh, Putney Swope, it is a... I'd say satire is the right way to... Yeah, absolutely. It is definitely a, a satirical comedy written and directed by Robert Downey Sr. Yes. And stars... Arnold Johnson, a renowned character actor of the time, especially in the um, late 60s, early 70s, uh, as the title character, a Black advertising executive in this film that satirizes the advertising world, portrayal of race in Hollywood films, as well as corporate culture. Um, And while it's a little uneven, it definitely is a film whose bite is very sharp, very intense, very felt, um, and some would say maybe even a, a step ahead
1: of its time. Well, it's so much ahead of its time. There, there's been a, a little conversation in the Facebook group and on our social media this week about the last episode of Atlanta, which was a faux documentary about the making of Goofy, the Goofy movie, oh, get as the blackest here. movie ever, and we, of course reviewed the Goofy movie as a black movie, but a lot of Donald Glover's approach to critiquing Disney and critiquing blackness in movies and critiquing that culture mm-hmm. very much is similar to Putney Swope. Yeah. Okay. And then and, and people have talked about how you could tell he was influenced by the film. So yeah, very much ahead of its time.
0: Cool. All right would you put that above black dynamite begrudgingly
1: okay gotcha. begrudgingly fair enough so you know so i better bring it with just yeah, look too because now i'm trying to see what's better than black dynamite and putney swoop well number two okay
0: 1954 is carmen jones
1: <laughs> it's not really fair you're pulling out <laughs> dorothy Dandridge. yeah
0: tell me th- tell me they beat dorothy Dandridge, vincent Tell me they beat Dorothy Dandridge and your boy, my man, Harry Belafonte. Look,
1: this is already gonna be a rocky show because we 44 <laughs> year old Pam Greer mm. is a lot, mm-hmm. so we ain't gonna get on Dorothy Dandridge, mm-hmm. but yes, I, I approve of Carmen Jones, so now we're gonna see. What's above... What's above Carmen Jones. Putney Swope and Carmen Jones. Because they all beat Alex Cross. (laughs) (laughs) No one cross-dresses. Vince. Alex Vince. (laughs) He will dress you down. He will dress you up and he will dress you down. And wig
0: out. Number one, number one, where you get
1: in trouble, (laughs) Antoine Fisher. Antoine Fisher. Yes, I don't know if Antoine Fisher's been in all these movies, but it's a good. I like um. It's Antoine Fisher. He walked in at the end of the movie, and they had made the big breakfast for him, and it was pancakes. (laughs) That was very. That was very touching. I, I
0: I think Antoine Fisher maybe tops of all these movies yeah, 12, all and the right. acting you know oh, Derek man. luke
1: yeah. or his thing.
0: denzel yeah. washington's directorial debut yeah 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 yeah. it's real good it's, it's real, real good. good it's real good I, I i like uh antoine fisher i like antoine fisher a lot um so let's see if our missionaries have of or i'm sure they're throwing a ton of them in the chat that i missed um Sharon Eldridge is throwing up a vote for Roman J. Israel.
1: You know what? I didn't see that, but I
0: heard really good things about it. I tried to get through that movie. That's the Denzel Washington oh, a you lawyer didn't like movie, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to get through it. It's not. It's not that it's bad so much, but I felt that it was a little bit of a slog, and it, okay. was, it was hard for me to get through. So, Interesting. like, I can see what it's trying to do, but it just wasn't gripping me. Miss um, Makiba. Undercover brother. Was that his name? See, that's I thing. guess that was his name though. See, I've I've not I've not seen that film. So oh. and like because early on in the mission, we were supposed to review it and then things got got uh knocked off of schedule. Um, so we just haven't had an opportunity to return to it because it was actually a guest that was gonna review right, right. it. To... It's not bad. I've I've heard like yeah, you know, it's it's like one of those almost like cult things. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm um let's see who else who else are people championing uh they're mentioning that he played alice cross and along came a spider i knew it was like yes. one of those, which is a good movie one of those movies yeah uh, sharon eldridge is also throwing a vote for truck turner mac truck turner now okay now here's the thing though unfortunately if i with this like top five full name movies I could have ran all through Black Exploitation. Right. So to knock some of them, you know, off, then I, I've got to go through like, okay, how is the film in quality as a movie? Truck Turner
1: is a fun movie, but it's better than Alex Cross. W- why are you hesitating? No, no, th-
0: uh, here's the reason why I'm hesitating. Because while Alex Cross, and I admit it's not that great of a great of a movie, it's not a good movie, right? But I will say that it is a one, a better made movie than Truck Turner. And despite Tyler Perry's miscasting, it's a better acted movie than Truck Turner. So that's I'm why I'm, I'm giving gonna,
1: I'm gonna have to see it, but
0: because 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 man, like you could take Truck Turner, you could take friday foster i mean you could take a yeah, there's, there's I, a
1: ton I, of that i them. just want to stick with try i mean you've got Michelle nichols is Dorinda don't get me and,
0: wrong i love it more which, than
1: i love it more than almost all of these which, movies i just named which you know, already brought dorothy dandridge and Michelle nichols would will just take us over the top all right so let's leave Michelle nichols out of it. but but yafet koto is harvard blue and i i know i, mean, I know on, man truck turner is I know. I know. I and mean, I haven't seen Alex Cross, but I find it very difficult to believe that Alex Cross is better than Truck Dermot. It's a better made movie. Farrell Blackwell is
0: saying I don't care how many expository <laughs> lines Denzel emotes, no way Antoine Fisher is better than Black Dynamite. Again, here's the thing. I love Black Dynamite. But, and maybe it's me having seen the movie more than a few times and only seen Antoine Fisher about maybe twice or three times. Oh my goodness. But there's... Why have you seen Antoine Fisher three times? Like, I think like maybe I caught it on TNT or something like that. That's what I'm saying. I could be wrong. Okay. all right. I definitely only saw it once. Right, right, right. In the movies. You saw it in the movies and you said, that Um, was a
1: fine well-made film that I never need to see again.
0: (laughs) Black Dynamite. All right, maybe there's an argument for Black Dynamite. Come on, man.
1: Come Maybe on. there's an argument for Black I not say anything,
0: I was gonna but... say Black Dynamite. Oh. There is a there oh. is a moment in Black Dynamite where I do feel like it slows down a little bit.
1: Which but... part? What
0: what there's no fat on Black
1: Dynamite? What are you
0: talking about? Don't get me wrong. It, 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 when it, there's a moment where he it goes into like some type of warehouse to kick kick ass for like the 12th time. And the movie you mean when they
1: introduce Dr. Wu I don't think it's then that's the only time he's in a warehouse I mean it, it is with Dr. Wu I mean it is with Dr. Wu it just uh, I I
0: remember watching that the last time I watched the movie and that kind of like feeling like a little slow to me. maybe I was tired.
1: <laughs> in fairness there is no way the introduction tired. of the fiendish Dr. Wu
0: you know, this brings to mind another movie. Haha, ha, I threw that before I walked in the room. <laughs> it brings to, to mind another movie that maybe the longest one. No, no, that's
1: not Pootie Tang, because that's his full name. Here's the thing Pootie Tang is controversial. Like, I never fight that hard with people over Pootie Tang because mm. I love Pootie Tang. But, you know, either I think people either love Pootie Tang or they hate Pootie Tang. Mm-hmm. No one is ambivalent about Pootie Tang.
0: Okay, here's a story I want to know. Miss Makiba says, "I only, I openly sobbed through Antoine Fisher in a Korean movie theater. <laughs> have not returned to it. Do you returned mean Korea? To th- yeah, exactly. That's what
1: I wanted to know. The movie or the <laughs> movie or, Korea, or Korea movie, movie theater? Because it's not Korea's fault that you were crying in the theater.
0: This is a fascinating woman.
1: Ms. Look, Mikiba. man, <laughs> people have fascinating lives." very fascinating but it was sad at the end when he walked in there and they had the breakfast laid out and then they had the close shot of the pancakes Mm. i like the fact that grits meant that it was going to be a bad morning though oh my god i ain't like that
0: vincent vincent quick aside that will definitely make the show
1: right 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 because we usually keep things so linear i had a conversation with someone. Okay, just the other day. Just the other day.
0: And we got on the idea of her husband likes um eggs with cheese.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, cheese right? eggs. Mm-hmm. She
0: mistaken watcher's great. She she breakfast of champions does not like eggs with cheese. And okay. she lives Fair enough. in um Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. She does not like cheese with uh eggs. No cheese. Eggs. She does, doesn't believe cheese belongs with eggs okay fair enough so you know i immediately started questioning her black heart oh i wouldn't do that because of that no you wouldn't but what you would question it for is her next statement does she put sugar on her grits no she puts sugar on her red beans and rice I don't even know how to respond to that. That's, dude, you, you, the face you have right now is the face I had in the Zoom when I was on Is that coach. some kind of family recipe
1: or something?
0: No. It's just her? No. She tried to make it seem that it was something that they do in Mississippi. Okay. But look. her husband screamed from Austin. <laughs>
1: You're not gonna camera, put that on Mississippi. That's just you. That's just that's just her. Mississippi got enough challenges without dealing with red beans and rice with sugar.
0: Have you ever heard of I, sugar on I, red beans I've and I've rice? Never ever
1: heard of that. Me, me neither. Farrell Blackwell. No. Yeah, it seems like a good way to mess up some red beans and rice. Ex- but that's me. I don't I don't understand it. Now yeah. I did say that I'm going to try
0: it why would you do that well i'm gonna just don't get me wrong not in my whole
1: thing why would you even try it because i'm interested what if she had said i smoke crack well that's different and you'd say oh i I mean i'll try some crack i've never had crack (laughs) why would you even try this what was the movie was if little
0: billy jumped off a bridge would you jump off a bridge too What, what was the movie when somebody actually was going to try crack because that was the character what the character called for it was the wire it was the wire remember bubbles oh yeah remember Remember he said like you yeah. know like maybe i need to try, I try a little crack <laughs> so i can be a, captain. Try a little, crack. little method actor, actor. somebody's <laughs> like you know you could just act
1: you just just <laughs> pretend you can pretend to smoke crack <laughs> director told him you know what you can act on this you way. can act this <laughs> <way>. maybe <laughs>
0: maybe talk to someone <laughs> smokes crack. talk to someone who puts sugar
1: on red beans and rice that will be the same and you've already done that well, <laughs> so now you can leave this alone, leave this alone. <laughs> and just eat red beans and rice <laughs> uh,
0: Ms McKeep says uh I'm from Arkansas with family ties across the river and never heard of that. yeah,
1: yeah just look. No, 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 no. I'm going to stick with I've never heard of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that is nothing that Southern people do. Take her card now. <laughs> Camelia
1: says, look, look, it's a big country. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It that ain't do- that big. That doesn't sound like something I'd be interested in. It ain't that big.
0: The country is not that big. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, tell her that y'all said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She'll be very. Uh, she'll be very pleased to hear that. All right, all right. Let's keep it moving.
1: Keeping it moving.
0: That's the key. Why you'd be surprised what a person can do with just a sense of touch and a sense of sound. Six degrees of Dervelle Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to get to a movie actor of my selection. In six movies or less, connecting them to 70s heartthrob, the real Black Belt Jones, Derville Martin.
1: Derville Martin. Vince, Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. I am ready. All right. You want me to connect him to Pam Greer? You want me to just connect him to Pam Greer no like like do you pam gure twice and then we just no no not pam gure right, Like I'm you sorry. do every show like like pam gure. not every <laughs> show but i, I use spam go ahead who we got mm-hmm. um
0: do you want to go south of the border to mexico mm-hmm. or do you want to go over the pond to england interesting hmm. Let's start with Mexico. Let's start with Mexico in six movies, or let's get from Durville, Martin, Durville to Martin to Antonio Banderas.
1: Oh, Antonio Banderas. All right. Well, Durville Martin was in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Pam Greer was in tonight's feature film foxy brown that's not what we're reviewing tonight no not foxy brown uh, jackie brown oh and i've or oh, right i'm so busy trying to be cute mm-hmm. mix up your white guys no i didn't mix up my white guys but what i did do is mix up antonio banderas with um oh, george clooney in um till dust dust till dawn All right, so how am I going to get to Antonio Banderas? Let's see if I can have a little fun with Antonio Banderas, actually. Mm. Let's have a little fun with Antonio Banderas. Let's, he's a fun guy. All right, this is how we're going to do this. Durville Martin is in how am I going to do this because I know where I'm going to end up and I'm going to try my best not to use yes he is from Spain
0: Antonio Banderas is from Spain he's not from Mexico look at you that was my mistake casual racism terrible it was not casual racism I was actually thinking of a Mexican person
1: earlier and it didn't work out. Durville Martin is in um is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in The Empire Strikes Back with Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher. Is in when Harry met Sally, with Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Meg Ryan is in, I believe, the name of that film is it When a Man Loves a Woman, where she's the alcoholic, and then when she get and she's married to her husband, which is who she would be married to, and her husband is played by Antonio Banderas. <laughs>
0: She married to her husband which
1: is crazy. it's the film where she she's an alcoholic and then when she goes into AA and gets better she ends up divorcing him because she says that he was um...
0: when a man loves a woman that's it it does star yeah. when a, uh, Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas wait Melanie Griffin not, or Meg Ryan Meg Ryan. Yeah, okay. Meg Ryan is in that movie and Antonio Banderas is not Place
1: her husband
0: it's not it's not Antonio Banderas it's not
1: Antonio Banderas it's
0: not your racism is showing who is it it would be one Andy Garcia
1: <laughs> okay we're both terrible man. okay in that case let's go ahead and get off we need to go ahead and get off of Antonio Banderas so look Stop He's in uh uh-uh. uh. He's in five on the black hand side <laughs> with. <all. laughs> Stop trying to be cute. To <laughs> get to the Antonio Banderas movie. He's you on know. five on the black hand side <laughs> with. All. I just forgot my man's name. My man's not not because now I've got William Harper Jackson, Leonard Jackson. He's involved with Black Hands. I with Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Shrek. Let's say Shrek Two with Antonio Banderas. Very good. Okay. Oh, oh, I sure did mix up. Andy Garcia with Antonio Panderas. Oh, no. It's Ming-Na all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all Woo. right. Let's do some right British. Hopefully it, is, <laughs> hopefully it is a white person. Because if I mix up a white person, that's on brand. <laughs> Whoa. <Woo. laughs> that is Andy Garcia. Yes. yes. That's not Antonio Panderas at all. No, it's not.
0: It's not at all <laughs> you're so she I, like
1: was, you. I was I was I was because I knew you didn't think I knew anything about a man loves a woman but I really liked that movie so much so that I mixed Andy Garcia <laughs> with Antonio Banderas
0: this movie would have been better with Antonio Banderas
1: <laughs>
0: in
1: my head canon
0: it was Antonio oh, it's Banderas, Antonio
1: Banderas. Whenever I talk about, it, I'm like, that is terrible. How she got better than left Antonio Banderas, good as he was to her when she was drunk. <laughs> have you ever seen him when a man loves a woman? I have not. It's a good movie. Oh, okay, it's a good where yeah, it, it's 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 a fascinating kind of look into it, in into alcoholism and so. All right, but it doesn't have Antonio Banderas in it. No, that's a- All right, who else we got? Okay, hopefully this is easier for you. <laughs> I was trying not to do Shrek, but you know. I mean, this a uh, bunch of other movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, but Shrek comes up immediately, you know, because Eddie Murphy. It's like, right. oh, i would get to him real quick, Eddie. But go ahead. That's true. Are you not entertained? <laughs> go ahead. In six movies or less, get from
0: Derville Martin Durville to Derville
1: Martin 2. Tandaway Newton. Oh, Tandaway Newton. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I was just listening to this episode the other day, too. What, Beloved? Yeah. So Durville Martin is in... Durville Martin... Is in Final Come Down with Billy D. Williams. I'll stick there. Billy D. Williams is in Bingo Long and is traveling all stars and Roadshow show mm-hmm. with Richard Pryor, as opposed to he could also be in Lady Sings of Blues, whatever. I'm just getting Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is in Which Way Is Up. With Margaret Avery, who is, of course, in The Color Purple with both Oprah Winfrey and Danny Glover. And then you can take your pick. Both of them are in Beloved with Tanda We Newton.
0: Very good, Vincent. Yes. Very good. Well done. Yes. Well done.
1: That's how it should be. That's how it should be played is just very mannerly and straightforward. Yes.
0: And uh, no, this did not include a mention of Avatar. He <laughs> did not have to pull the Avatar card. Did not have to pull the Avatar. Card. Are you looking forward to Avatar too?
1: N- not really.
0: Me neither. Really. I wasn't that great a fan of Avatar. Say,
1: here's the thing first I was time. about to say. Like I saw Avatar. I don't remember anything about Avatar.
0: Yeah, and I didn't see it like, like just immediately, like everybody was running. Just to the now theater. when he said are was he gonna pull Avatar? Was one of these people in Avatar? Tandy Newt. No, she wasn't. No, that's uh, Zoe, that's Zoe Saldana. Saldana. Yeah, that's Zoe Saldana. Pharaoh.
1: That's why I was confused. I was like, is Antonio Banderas in that's Avatar? Zoe Saldana.
0: Get it right. Your your blind spot is black women. <laughs> you don't see black women. Get them. Get them, girls. Get them, missionaries. Get
1: them. <laughs> I just knew that You don't was, see you. I just knew that was Antonio Banderas and a man loves a woman.
0: Pharoah Blackwell don't see you. Okay.
1: <laughs> he like, my bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's in Zorro with Antonio Banderas? Who's the uh, female lead? It's not Salma.
0: It's... uh Oh, it's... Um, it's uh uh Mike Douglas' wife. Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta
1: Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's who that's my brain fart was because I mixed him up with um George Clooney in Dusk Till Dawn with Salma Hayek. And then I was like, yeah, I'm getting it all confused with so I don't know how to go through Zorro.
0: Mmm. Hmm. How would you have gotten to Zorro? Well, I mean, with Catherine Zeta-Jones You could have Gotten into any of the Oscar movies The Ocean movies mm-hmm. Well, Oceans 12 and 13 Sure Um, And she was in Chicago With Richard Gere And, and Queen, Queen Latifah. Latifah
1: That's right uh, And what's her name? Renee, Zel- Renee Renee Zel- Zel- Zell Renee yeah, yeah, there, yeah. It's a couple of ways. Yeah, a couple of to ways to get to Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I, I like Catherine. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I like her. Um,
0: I actually thought that you—it's—it's it's really dated, but I thought you maybe trying to get to Denzel, and then get to Philadelphia.
1: He's in Philadelphia. Yeah, he plays yeah, Tom he, Hanks' he love had, Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. Man, wow. that's right. All right. Yeah. Well, and then I don't know who else is in. I mean, I, you, probably else is Danny, in you probably get to Danny Trejo somehow to get to Spy Kids.
0: Yeah, he's probably like the biggest name, and unless you want to count uh, Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban is in Spy Kids, and I feel like Samuel Hyatt plays the mom.
1: I feel like she plays the mom in that. Then we'll call her Montalban and I could just go through my Star Trek lane. Yes. So you could have used Truck Turner. I could have used in that. Now we're back to, Nichols try, and back and, to and Michelle Nichols. I'm back to Michelle Nichols. Michelle Nichols
0: Turner. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's it, it wasn't uh Salma Hayek. Thank you, Sharon. It was Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino. Yeah. Yeah. There's a name you don't hear that often. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't hear that often. No, you don't. What happened to her?
1: Uh, I mean, she's like her. okay.
0: She's I mean, okay. I, liked
1: her. I mean, I, I, I think like she's I okay. Like
0: but I don't think she's like, yeah. She doesn't pop.
1: Right, 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 right. She doesn't pop. Yeah. I think, unfortunately. All right. All right. Ready to get into our review. I am ready to get into this review. Yes, uh, sir. Uh, Jackie
0: Brown. One other pr- programming note, ladies and gentlemen. We were going to review from 1912, A Fool and His Money, um, which is a it's a short film mm-hmm. from 19 uh from 1912. It's only 10 minutes long, but it is historic because many consider it the first film with an all-black cast, as well as the first, or perhaps one of the first, films directed by a female director. Um, both of those points are so historic that we have decided to put off reviewing that film until another week so that Vincent will have an opportunity to check it out. Vincent wasn't able to check it out before tonight's uh, telecast. so Because it's this long-ass movie because he kept rewinding certain parts of this movie (laughs) but we'll get into that in our review of Jackie Brown we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages
1: And the beach bunny have in common? you gonna come in on this thing with me, you got to be prepared to go all the way. They're all chasing a half million in cash. Wouldn't even be missed. Half a million dollars will always be missed.
0: Let him get the money and then just take it from
1: us. She trying to play your ass against me, huh?
0: That was fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I really hit the spot. There's only one question. Who's playing who? She wants to make a deal. Oh, yeah? So what's she gonna give us? Are you gonna offer to set him up?
0: Yeah. Is she dead? I, I, I... Yes or no, is she dead? Pretty much.
1: Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. I love you. AK forty seven. when you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room except no substitute. Jackie Brown a 1997 American crime film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino and based on Elmore Leonard's 1992 novel Rum Punch stars Pam Greer as the title character, Jackie Brown, a flight attendant who was caught smuggling money. Samuel L. Jackson, Robert Forrester, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro all appear in supporting roles. This. The first film in November. Here on the Michelle Mission. Was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn. What would you like to say. About Quentin Tarantino's. Jackie
0: Brown. Oh what wouldn't I want to say about Jackie Brown. Um, this is the only film that Quentin Tarantino has produced, directed, that is an adaptation of someone else's work. Yes. And as you mentioned, it is an adaptation of the noted and and rightfully celebrated and acclaimed crime um, fiction writer Elmore Leonard. Mm -hmm. And if Quentin Tarantino who for the most part is a filmmaker who I enjoy and I enjoy and I enjoy him at from a directing standpoint and I I enjoy his words his scripts mm-hmm. for him to choose one work to adapt into a movie he chose very very well and very smart pretty much the story of rum punch the novel is what you see on the screen except for one huge explicit difference Mm -hmm. in that the lead character is changed from a white woman to a black woman so that quentin tarantino who is renowned as a not only a devotee of everything movies but a huge fan of 70s Black films mm-hmm. and action films in general, to be fair, because he loves he loves a good Kung Fu film. Um, an actress who is near and dear to his heart, as she is to almost everyone, is Pam Greer. Yeah. Who is the icon of the 70s. You think 70s movies, when you think of a woman, you think of Pam Greer. So... Quentin Tarantino in looking at this story saw that this was a perfect vehicle in which to pluck Pam Greer, who at this point in 1997 is a 70s icon. And that really is her claim to fame. Absolutely. She's not really doing much at this time. Maybe some small roles here and there. On in some films and on on television, but she's really not doing anything. But Quentin Tarantino jumpstarts the hell out of her career by putting her as the lead character in Jackie Brown. Because for the first time ever, Pam Greer, who up to this point in all of her work has shown that she has the charisma to demand attention when she is on the screen. We all all are well aware of her physical prowess, right? Mm-hmm. But she's never been given the opportunity to truly flex as an actor. She's had some, some, some films have, you know, been made to try and give her that opportunity, and I'm looking at you, Friday Foster, but for one reason or another, things just didn't gel together enough to really give her a moment to shine. Here, under the watchful and attentive guise of a skilled director, and a director who is not only skilled in framing a his camera, Mm-hmm. He is also a director who is skilled in working with his actors in developing a character, as well as putting the right words in their mouth that feel authentic. Pam Greer is finally in a place where she can really just be. And be her full actualized self for the first time on screen. And in this first viewing of Pam Greer, she is more alive, more electric, and dare I say, more beautiful than she has been in anything else in her entire career. Yeah. Yeah. She absolutely glows. In this movie, right from the very beginning, when you see her on the Mm -hmm. walkway at the airport and it's playing the iconic 70s song across 110th Street and Pam Greer is just just moving all in one spot. And I I told you what I I would tell you what that um, that scene is an homage to. It is an homage to the opening of The Graduate. Mm-hmm. The graduate opens uh, similarly, but this is Pam Greer. Yes. This is something totally different. Yeah, this is something totally new. Pam Greer is is standing there, fully full of confidence, full of pride, full of full of sass, full of uh, sexiness, and she ain't doing nothing but just standing on a walkway. Look and <laughs> so powerful. Is the imagery of her over those opening credits that that is all you need to set you up for that character because she is gone from the movie for maybe the next 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Because at that point we are introduced to the (laughs) co-star in this movie. (laughs) One <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Ordell Robbie. Wow. There is a name. And when you see him with his flowing locks, and I don't mean locks, <laughs> I was about flowing, to say, flowing hair, his flowing per- mane, permed and yeah, and his and his corn uh, cornrowed. Piece of hair. Piece of it's like a rat tail, tail. It's like a rat tail. But it's on his chin. It's on his chin. Yeah. You will never see Samuel Jackson the same again. Whether or not he is he's rocking his kangos to the back with his ponytail, whether or not he's he's flowing a la mufasa. This is this is a Samuel Jackson that is like you've never seen. And but it really is like you've never seen, because for the most part. In this movie, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson or Del Robbie, who we are used to seeing in movies being very loud and and big on screen. Mm -hmm. He's a lot more subdued Mm. in this movie. He's a lot more even keel in this movie. A lot and and dare I say, therefore, a bit more sinister. Look. In this movie, he 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 def- he definitely gets his prow on Look. on screen, getting his shoulders moving as he is just moving and and owning the screen, mm-hmm. which is which is cool because this is probably the first time that Pam Greer has really been up against someone of that prowess on
1: screen there it is
0: right we talked about especially in friday foster trying to put her in the midst of other actors so that you know see how she can bounce off of them but the direction the script doesn't really come together in this movie under quentin tarantino's tutelage with samuel jackson in full panther mode with michael keaton at his most michael keaton this yeah he is yeah he, like this is the michael keaton id on screen yeah michael keaton doing doing fantastic things
1: robert de and, de, and a bit of a you know you come back for him at this bit. moment in yeah. his career yeah, yeah most definitely um you reminds you he's michael keaton right yeah
0: robert de niro already an iconic mm-hmm. star in a smaller role, but like Robert De Niro will do, still owning that role, making it his. Yeah. You know, he it, and, his char- and his character is a little bit of a, a a schlup mumble of a character until the end. He has he, he until he isn't. Yeah. Until, until he remembers, I'm Robert De Niro. Right. Because there's a Robert De Niro movie wait, uh, yeah. uh, waiting moment waiting for you. But all of these actors are bumping up against against Pam Greer and she is right there with each and every mm-hmm. one of them yeah giving as good as she gets and as much as she pops with Samuel Jackson there's a moment in the dark when the two of them are they, there's the screen is almost totally dark except for the light coming from outside of a window and those two are in the room and it's you I don't know about you. I'm thinking one type of energy, but then the movie like subverts that and gives you a totally different type of energy mm-hmm. between them because they're a little bit and, you know, antagonists against one another, um, but it still totally works yet. Yeah, but I was still like, oh, I am like totally locked into the scene. Mm-hmm. As much as she is doing that, as much as she is letting Michael Keaton be Michael Keaton in those scenes with, with uh, him and she's just being the, the, the sounding board for him to bounce off of and she's doing it beautifully there is no better connection Mm -hmm. than when two actors are both plucked from the lowest points of their career and given a true opportunity to shine once again Mm -hmm. and that happens with Pam Grier, and it also happens with noted character actor at this time, yeah. Robert Forster, mm-hmm. right, as Max Cherry, the uh, bail bondsman, and the two of them on screen is electric, boogie woogie woogie. It is just pop. It is just so beautiful, so mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. right? It is. It is so and much naturalistic. Fun. It is naturalistic. Like you
1: completely believe all
0: of this, right? But the uh, the other thing that I like about the Max Cherry character is Max Cherry. In his connection to Pam Greer's Jackie Brown, he is Quentin Tarantino, he is Vincent Williams, he is Len Webb, he is every man who was ever just come upon. Pam Greer, mm-hmm. and been totally smitten by just the aura of this woman. There's a a moment in this film where he is sitting with Jackie Brown, and they're at a bar, um, and they're sharing a drink, and he tells her that he's a you know he's thinking about getting out of the bail bondsman um, profession, and she says. Why? You see like, yeah. I think it's time. She's And she says words to the effect, well, what makes you say that? And then it cuts back to the scene where he first sees her. Yeah. Because it was when he saw her walking out of the dark as he came to bail her out that he something flicked in his brain. And that is the same flick, flicker that has happened in every man's brain since the 70s since yeah. the premiere of Jackie Brown and this is our really our first time really seeing the full Jackie Brown and you just appreciate her that much more right Um, and what makes this movie even more of a celebration of this is because what you always thought of Pam Greer and coffee and Oxy Brown and Friday Foster, and every one of her her films is absolutely true in this movie. Pam Greer slash Jackie Brown is the smartest person in the room at all times. At all times in this film, she is she is two steps ahead of every single person, and I love it. And I love that the film never has a moment where the intelligence that she has displayed throughout this film, the guile, the swiftness, the wit, the charm, is never let go. It ne- it, it's, it's never a lie. It's always front and center, full in truth. And that's why this is not only, and of course, it goes without saying, Pam Greer's best film in the completion of this movie, in the fullness of this movie, because you don't need a, you don't need a Jackie Brown too. Mm-hmm. You don't need a prequel. And if you notice, there's not a whole lot of, you know, crazy time jumping back and forths, which uh, Quentin Tarantino is famous for doing in a lot of his films. Sure, There's not a lot of that. And the only time that it happens is, only to um reveal the plot mm-hmm. the of the of the heist as it is played out. It is still playing very smart with the audience. It still feels full it still feels like a, a meaty subject. you mentioned that it's a long film. It's a little long, but by the time I was feeling that, I was just amped up for the end and that's why Jackie Brown to me, is Quentin Tarantino's best movie.
1: I don't I don't think you can actually argue that I I, I think this is a film that that when, when I think about directors and, and these successful directors that have these long careers mm-hmm. there's always a moment in their careers where it's it's a sweet spot.
0: And it all comes together.
1: Where it all comes together, where they are confident and accomplished enough, and in control of their faculties, that they can do all these wonderful things. They have enough clout that they can pull in the type of talent and the type of the the the, the type of of budget mm-hmm. that they need to fulfill their their vision. I, I think. Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing is that, and then after that moment you can argue, you know, they still may make great films, but, you know, then you start moving into excess and and they're so big that they, they're not really edited the way, mm-hmm. like, there aren't really those checks, no and, balances checks and balances at yes, all yes, yes Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing Um, I think Chris Nolan in Memento mm. I think um Quite honestly, I think Tim Burton's Batman. Like this moment with Batman. Okay, okay. And this is Quentin Tarantino's moment. This is his moment where he is confident. He is thoughtful. He is fully in control of his considerable talents. Mm -hmm. Not for nothing, I think it really, really helps that he has this framework of Elmore Um, Leonard's Novel because let's just be clear, his bread and butter up until this point is he's making riffs of this kind of crime fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Elmore Leonard or Donald Westlake, and 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 these 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 kind of low rent criminals that that have heist and so forth. So you know, you go to the source. Mm-hmm. It is wonderfully directed. I think the script absolutely crackles yeah i think this is his best script
0: elmore Leonard said it's the best adapt adaptation yeah. of his work that he's ever read
1: like you i'm a fan of quentin tarantino i think pulp fiction is overrated but i think it's a great script i think i i think quentin tarantino is actually a better writer than anything else in his toolbox hmm this script is is amazing and you can tell the joy that quentin tarantino has yeah just in writing the script the music cues are perfect and as you said the cast again this is a cast that is remarkable and much like you i do think this could have been a two-hour movie But my God, when you've got Robert, when you're getting such good work from everyone in so many scenes, like I joked about Bridget Fonda. This is the only thing I remember Bridget (laughs) Fonda from. And I know she's had a career and she's done work. Bridget Fonda and Robert De Niro are amazing together. Mm -hmm. Robert Forster, as you said, is amazing with Pam Greer. But also just by himself, yeah. As this character actor with with this this interiority that you know is there. Mm-hmm. That Samuel L. Jackson. The wonderful thing about this character, Ordell, he is so dangerous. Yep, he is so dangerous. But you need someone of this caliber to go up against, as you said, this character, Jackie Brown, Pam Greer could not have played this character at 30. No, you're right. You're right. Like this is a character of that moment. Mm -hmm. And whether Quentin Tarantino meant to change the whole energy or not, by turning this into a 44 year old black woman, 44 sounds old in Hollywood old, but it's not that old. Right. But it is old enough to know some things. Oh, yeah. And old enough to have some experience and old enough to be able to navigate these deadly waters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that at no moment is this character, Jackie Brown, an innocent. Nope. She actually was committing crime. Yeah. When the film started. And owns it. And owns it. And is going to commit a crime to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton is fantastic. You know, I mentioned Michael Keaton. You know, I wouldn't necessarily call this a comeback, but Michael Keaton had been laying a little dormant Yeah, by 97. Yeah. yeah. And he's fantastic. And it's, it's a case where every combination of player worked really, really well. So Michael Keaton and pam greer pam greer and robert forster robert forster and samuel jackson samuel jackson and bridget fonda robert de niro and samuel jackson yeah you know just every combination and in a lot of ways the other real sweet spot for quentin tarantino everybody knows the legend of quentin tarantino he was a video store guy Mm-hmm. And if you were a video store guy, and if you remember video store culture from the 80s and 90s, it was the grindhouse tradition. Everybody loved black exploitation films. Everybody loved kung fu films. Everybody loved these sort of films that you went and you rented, and then you got some beer and some wings, and, and the independent video store you went, and on Friday night, the dude who was Quentin Tarantino... Was sitting in there, and you know, um Fist of Fury was playing on the TV in there, mm-hmm. and they're you know, they're in there eating Cheetos and you were joking about it. Not Cheetos. <laughs> and the thing about Jackie Brown is that while th- this is a well made, well acted, quality film, mm-hmm. but that love and that energy that comes from the grindhouse tradition that this is an homage to is very much present in a lot of ways. I think about this was something like Ang Lee's crouching tiger, hidden dragon,
0: oh, okay. which is the
1: same thing where, you know, it was, it was this love letter to the wire mm-hmm. films of the seventies and eighties, but just made by a master director. hmm the storyline is, is clear again, back to the Elmore Leonard framework mm-hmm. of this. Like, I had actually forgotten just how linear this plot is. Right. There are no real twists and turns. There are no, compli- you know, no real complications. It's just a group of people trying to get to this goal and this woman in the middle of it. Who is, as you said, master of everything that she surveys, mm-hmm. and and it's it's it is absolutely the best thing that Pam Greer has done. It is it, you, you know everybody knows I'm a Django man. Like Django Unchained is my favorite Quentin Tarantino film, but this is absolutely I think his best film. Mm. So yeah, it, it's it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I think you forget how good it is. You do, you do, because
0: like I said, Jackie Brown, she she's gone from the movie for you know after the intro for the first twenty five minutes, you don't really miss her, no, because you get you kind of are introduced and get wrapped into the introduction to Ordell by way of. Blink and you miss him, Chris Tucker. Poor,
1: dumb, stupid <laughs> Beaumont. You want me to climb in that dirty ass truck? <laughs> oh, Beaumont. <laughs> I mean, who didn't see this coming? Beaumont. <laughs> Beaumont didn't see it coming. You know who did see it coming? Jackie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: She she, she was like, mm, no, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. Oh, so, oh, my God, this movie is so good. I'm just thinking about when Ordell goes to see Jackie after she has been bailed out from being caught, being caught with the, the um, money that she is smuggling in as well.
1: And also the little extra cocaine that was thrown in there.
0: The little th- cocaine. Yeah. Um, Ordell gets her bailed out, but fearful that she may have dropped dime on him. she sh- He shows up at her home and he's talking to her. And while he's talking to her and she says, like, can you go give me something to drink? She goes into the kitchen and he just slowly moves that one finger to turn off the light in the living room. Mm. I was like, oh, my God don't do it. And like, in my mind, because Jackie turns and looks at him, you don't think that it registers to her that he's turned off the light in the living room. Right. So, she goes into the living room, turns back on the light, is talking to him from across the living room, and then he comes and talking to her, turns off the light in the living room again. Now, you're led to believe that there possibly is some type of like you know sexual relationship between the two of sure. them and perhaps there is because Jackie doesn't seem to be you know no mind that he has turned off the light but then you realize it's because she's got a 30, 38 that's right <laughs> pointed at his johnson that's right <laughs> that's right so you might want to go sit down while I turn on this light and tell you how things are gonna be.
1: Look, man, and then she she channels that 70s <laughs> energy. Like, I love the moments when she channels it, where she turns into a coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, she is Sheba baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But a little older and a little smarter, but you still get moments of vulnerability. We, we were talking before the end when everything settles <coughs> and you see her driving away and she starts to s- triumphantly sing across the t- 110th street mm-hmm. because now she's kind of taken ownership of it, but it's, it's in, and, and again, it's, it's kudos to Quentin Tarantino where the camera just stays on her and you can see the effect that all of this has had on her. Like yeah. she finally gets this moment. To to feel a little bit, mm-hmm. which, if you remember, this is part of the reason coffee has always been my favorite Pam Greer movie because she's you know it's that wonderful scene at the end where she's walking on the beach by herself, yeah, yeah. and just so and and this movie borrows
0: a lot of music cues from Coffee, yeah, oh Actually, yeah, music cues from Coffee. It's also cool in that scene because Jackie is feeling herself in that scene, but you know that. Pam Greer is feeling herself in that scene. Oh yeah, as well, oh yeah, right. Because if Pam Greer, who would after this go on to enjoy a bit of a renaissance mm-hmm. in her career, you know, she was on, um, she shows up more in film and and, and on uh, television. Yeah. Um. So and and, and so much so, th- this film is such a capper even still with the continuing work that she did afterwards and still does Mm -hmm. but this film is such a a capper for everything that she is and represents that the work that she's done afterwards and i'm sure she finds a lot of it fulfilling in, in one way or another sure she's free to just be an actress Right. to just be take take on um, roles because they just sound fun, or she wants sure. to be, you know, do something with somebody or something sure. like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, defining of her career because she's had her defining moment in her career, right? Right then, at a moment in in her career that a lot of actresses. Don't get no, especially a lot of actresses who had fame leave them for a bit. Yeah, fame doesn't come come back to that level for a lot of black
1: actresses.
0: Well, I think the
1: great thing about Jackie Brown is that when you think about Pam Grier in the seventies, you, you you think about her her sexuality. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost you're not thinking about her as an actress. Right. Like like as much as, as, as you said something like Friday Foster or once or twice, there wasn't much really focused on Pam Greer's ability as an actress. I, I think the two wonderful things about Jackie Brown is that first and foremost, Pam Greer is a great actress in this film. But then the cherry on top, Is that while this could have been one of of these narratives of, oh, you know, well, now she's an older actress, Mm -hmm. so they can just concentrate on her acting. She is so fun. Like, she is so fun in this film. And I wonder... Because I, I've, I didn't read Rum Punch, so I don't know how much this character, like, I don't know if this character was an older woman, which again, 44 isn't old, but yeah, in Hollywood yeah. fiction, you know, that's an older woman. I'm wondering how much her sexuality is in her toolbox. In the book. In the book. Because I think <clears throat> the film very intelligently, in the script, acknowledges just how fun she is Mm -hmm. and you know from everybody oh you know oh my god I think you do a little better than okay Mm -hmm. with the guys poor Max Cherry like you said Max Cherry when he sees they start playing the emotions oh yeah and she emerges from the shadows Max Cherry is like everybody who sees Pam Greer and it's like oh yeah this is still Pam Greer right yeah ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. I, I don't I don't think you can say enough about how good this film is
0: um where do you stand on because I know you're a fan of Elmore Leonard yes where do you where do you think this film stands as far as the adaptations of his work because there's been quite a few
1: <sighs> I think it's the best and I love get shorty yeah yeah I, it, this is really, really good. Um, it's funny. I was looking at because <clears throat> I had it. Let me just pull it up real. like the list of his, uh, right? Right. I was looking at the list of his because I was kind of thinking that.
0: Like, I, I gotta, I gotta think that. Um, I'm thinking I'm giving it to get shorty with this being a very, very close second. And the reason being is because I think get shorty is a tighter film. This this film I don't think has a lot of fat in it, but you do have to acknowledge that it is, you know, plus 2 hours long and it probably there is a a, a shorter cut.
1: I like 52 pickup I uh, obviously like Get Shorty, and I, I like Be Cool, the sequel, the direct sequel to uh, Get Shorty. Okay, that makes one of us. You didn't like uh, Be Cool? No. You, I think the Big Bounce is better than you think it is, although it doesn't feel like Elmore Leonard. I didn't see the Big Bounce. It's not bad. It's 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 more funny than not. I like both the
0: original and the remake to 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Neither of them. I'm not putting either of them over Get Shorty or Jackie Brown. Well, you know, it's a Western. Yeah, but they're good. They're really good and complicated Western.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not good, but when I think Elmore Leonard, I think the the, the crime. No, no, I feel you. I feel you. You know, it's good, but it's like that's never going to crack any of my Elmore, because I like the Elmore Leonard um, Crom stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about Out of Sight except that I remember liking it.
0: Wow, I didn't know The Big Bounce was done twice.
1: I don't think I did either.
0: It was done in 69 with Ryan O'Neal. Interesting. Yeah, very young Ryan O'Neill, I have to imagine. Interesting. Yeah, but you, I mean, look, it's a pick 'em between Get Shorty and Jackie Brown. You can't go wrong. And especially because the films are totally different in tone. Mm -hmm. So you've got one that's, you know, gives you the real hard-edge crime Mm -hmm. in Jackie Brown. And then you've got one that shows you a little bit more of the satire, even though crime is still definitely baked in. Yeah get shorty's shorty. just
1: really smart it's, yeah it's, it's just really really smart, smart. Really smart movie yeah. and I
0: think and I think I think get shorty the movie leans into to the satire a lot more um there was actually an adaptation of the of the movie but stressed out into a series yeah that I remember actually that. wasn't bad. I
1: Remember you telling me it wasn't bad. It actually was on some weird channel though. Yeah, I think it was I mean, on Epics. Like the, the Hallmark channel or something. Some yeah, weird. Yeah, like these one of the channels nobody gets. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, there's very much a two hour cut of this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the half hour that would be cut, mm-hmm. most of it would be the Robert De Niro Bridget Fonda part. And they're so good. They are good. It, you don't need it you don't need it you don't need in it in fact if both if if both of those characters leave the movie doesn't actually change
0: mm-hmm. i think it was very smart for Quentin tarantino just to, to give flowers where flowers is due to the late Robert Forrester um he he was a fan of Robert Forrester he wanted him in this role got him in this role when he got Robert de Niro Robert de Niro wanted to play Max cherry And Quentin Tarantino wanted to work with Robert De Niro, but But of course, but he, he wrote Max Cherry with Robert Forrester in mind. So thus, um, Robert De Niro was given the role of Lou. Um, And
1: I think that was brilliant.
0: I think it was brilliant too, but Robert De Niro did not like that character. Right, well, and and reportedly because of that, him and Quentin Tarantino did not get along very well in the movie. And Quentin Tarantino kept telling him, like, you know, like, yeah, you, this is you, but your character is is a schlub. You're, you you mumble. You know, you seem unsure of yourself and everything like that because he had just gotten out of prison. Yeah, but that's what makes it all the more real. Exactly,
1: when you explode exactly at the end. Well, here's the thing. I think there's this wonderful contrast between Jackie and Bridget Fonda's character, Melinda. Not Melinda. Melanie. Melanie. Jackie Brown is always hyper aware. Of how dangerous these people are. Mm -hmm. Like Ordell is super charming and he's funny and this, that, and that's part of the reason that he tricks Beaumont into getting into the trunk. (laughs) Because you drop your guard around him. And I the thing that I love about De Niro's character and Robert De Niro playing the character Mm -hmm. is that he is schlubby. He is this, that, and the other. But the the screenplay tells like this is a career criminal. Like he just got out of prison, was there for four years mm-hmm. for armed robbery. Like he robbed a bank. These like there's nothing jokey jokey about him. And and but Melanie is out of her depth. She's kind of dumb, mm-hmm. and she's the worst. Like she's the most dangerous dumb person. She's a dumb person who thinks she's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So that I thought it was perfect that Robert De Niro played this character. Yeah. Also, he's Robert De Niro in 1997. He's too big to be in an ensemble. Like, you almost have to put him over in the corner. You do. Because it's Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. sorry he wasn't happy with the role, but I thought he was fantastic. He was fantastic. I thought he was absolutely and it's probably fantastic. one of those
0: things, like, you're feeling that in the moment. On the set. Yeah. And then, you know, a few years later when you catch the movie, because you're probably not, you know, really checking it out. A few years later, you catch the movie. It's like, okay, he was
1: right. You know, I think, you know, obviously Goodfellas is my favorite older De Niro. Oh, but this might, you know, this is easily in my top three or four. Like, like once De Niro becomes De Niro. And like he's more himself than like an actor. Mm. This is, this is, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Cause
0: he's good and good fellas, but, and I guess he is, you know, older. he, yeah, I guess that would be. So you're talking about after the early 90s. Right. Okay. Come my favorite. And I just drew a blank on a movie. <laughs> What's the movie with him and Charles Grodin? Oh, Midnight Run? Midnight Run. That's my favorite Uh, Robert De
1: Niro. He's still a little young. Yeah, but he's just still a little. Very good. Love love it. Here you go. Is is everyone taking notes? Is everybody listening? I'm I'm just going to go on record. Robert De Niro is a great actor. (laughs) And I stand by that. Mm. You know, sometimes we record these things and people are going to be listening to this. 10 years from now where well, I, I am willing to stand on that statement that Robert De Niro is a good actor.
0: He's a great actor. So
1: there are lots of roles that you can pull from Yes, and say, you know. Most definitely.
0: Robert Moran Jr. has a bit of a story for us.
1: Oh, okay. Story time with Robert.
0: When my youngest brother was working as a cameraman at a TV station, Pam Greer came through to promote this movie. My brother told her that he's had a crush on her since he was little and had a pic of her in, picture of her in his locker. She didn't believe him. So he took her to his locker. She laughed and gave him a kiss. I think they have a pic of the two of them
1: somewhere. Well, that is a great story. That is a great story. I'm glad the story didn't end with, and she stole his wallet. <laughs> Why would it? Be? Ham grill, all my family, seventeen dollars, and a fro yo card that was two clicks away from a free cup of yogurt. No, that, that that
0: would be that would be a a certain um uh arrested comedian who owes my late father ten bucks from their time in Germantown, I have high school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We are not going to get distracted because I'm about to ask you the question that we have to ask. But can I just say one of the great joys of moving to Philadelphia is periodically you run into old black men who have Bill Cosby stories, Mm -hmm. who the stories. Are not what you think the story well, they're not what you would would have thought the stories like. I've been in Philly and I hear these Bill Cosby. I'm like, oh my god. So I can add your father's story to that as well. Yeah. But the true question is, would you recommend Jackie Brown? Wholeheartedly.
0: I would recommend Jackie Brown if you've not seen it for quite some time. What are you waiting for? Go watch Jackie Brown again and again. And again, and again, and again,
1: great film. I agree. I agree. And I, and I actually really underline what you said about if you haven't seen it in a long time, Mm -hmm. because I do think Jackie Brown has become this default conversation holder where everyone says, Oh, Jackie Brown is Quentin Tarantino's best film, but it's a film that I wonder how much do people return to it. Yeah. Like they do Pulp Fiction and and, and Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards. Like, like those Quentin Tarantino films that you just kind of throw on. Mm-hmm. So if and, you've not seen it in a long time, please revisit it.
0: And actually of those films, like of Quentin Tarantino films, I find myself returning to, like, I'm glad we got this out of the way because I I purposefully haven't returned to Jackie Brown since we started the mission. Sure, because no one is going to come up on a mission. Right, right. So outside of that, the Quentin Tarantino films I find myself returning to more often than not are Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. Um. And it's not it's not his directing, but he wrote True Romance. Interesting. So I find myself returning to now. Don't don't get me wrong. I'll watch Pulp Fiction every once in a while. Um uh I love Inglorious Bastards, but honestly, after I watched the opening scene with the with the milk, mm-hmm. like. I'm I'm not even in the headspace to watch the rest of that movie because because that movie that just trips me out that that scene is so freaking intense yeah like I can't take anything else yeah um and the rest of his filmography good but I can like you know I'll see it when I see it
1: yeah you know? I watch Django at least once or twice a year
0: Django's so long you want to talk about
1: long yeah 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 but you know um. I watch Pulp Fiction from whatever point I catch it. Mm -hmm. Like I think, I actually, like I said, I think Pulp Fiction is way overrated, but I think it's a great film. I think there are parts, big parts of both Kill Bill one and Mm two that are quite watchable. Yeah. Yeah. That you, like if you catch the right like if you catch the right half hour of the Kill Bills, that's not a bad time. No, nope. yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But but I do think that where do you it, stand on the Hateful Eight? You know what? I still have not seen it. Really? I still have not seen it.
0: It's not a bad movie. It's another movie where you know it's it's a Netflix film, so
1: he's left to his, you know full. Right. Vices. Well, again, I think that the sweet spot of Jackie Brown is that someone could still tell him, OK, enough.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at this
1: point, he is just like like I think I, I think we still have not seen all the footage from Kill Bill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is uh, one of the films that he has been doing in the wake of the passing back in 2010 of uh, his noted, you know, editor, Sam Ricky. Right, right,
1: right. Like, I'm sure it's like nine hours of footage of Uma Thurman painting her toenails. Wow. Well, yeah. Which, even that, the Quentin Tarantino stuff, like, you got the, you you got know the moment is, with you know Richard Fonda's feet, and it's like, oh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, but you know, even that, it wasn't a whole lot of it. Yeah. Like you get with him. Well, because it wasn't Uma. Because it wasn't Uma. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Even though at
0: the time he did this, he was dating Mia Sorvino. Look, I just know he,
1: it's just a lot of feet with him, which is kind of a running joke. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of feet in uh, House of the Dragon. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) Thought you'd like that.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our review of Jackie Brown. Please go check out that movie Um, next week here on the mission is Vincent's turn. Yes, sir. It's Vincent's turn to talk about exactly what we are going to be watching. And uh, again, Vincent, I don't know how he does it. He's got another doozy.
1: Oh yeah. Got another doozy. Oh yeah. You, you know, the, the blade conversation, the blade conversation had me hot Mm -hmm. much like the 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 male earlier talked about how it was disrespectful to wesley snipes who i think is is an absolute treasure and the thing about wesley snipes is that his body of work bears it out and as we've talked about when we've talked about some of these films this is a man who has played iconic roles more than once in his career whether we're talking about Blade, whether we are talking about Nino Brown in New Jack City, whether we are talking about the fact that he almost stole Mo' Better Blues Mm -hmm. from Denzel Washington as he played Shadow. Next week, we will be talking about yet another iconic Wesley Snipes role in White Men Can't Jump.
0: From 1992, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson Ladies and gentlemen, next week here on the Me Show Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to showmission.com to check out all the cool swag that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. Did you know the Me Show Mission has a voicemail? Yes, we do, Ashy Feet. Hit us up at 215-867-9666 and tell Vincent and Len what is on your mind. Or you can shoot us an email at Mission at gmail.com. Follow the Michel Mission on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michel. Subscribe to the Michel Mission on youtube.com slash at show Mission. Hey, we got our handle today, Vincent. We All got right. our official YouTube handle. La da and hold the dough. And hold the dough. Uh and don't forget to give us a five-star rating and a review as we on Spotify and especially on Apple Podcasts as we are trying very hard to make our way to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. We've only got a little bit more to go, ladies and gentlemen, so please help us out. Give, get us to 200 reviews by the end of the year. We really, really would appreciate it. And don't forget that the Michaud Mission are proud members of The Podglomerate. ThePodglomerate.com. They make podcast work. All right? Don't forget, always Sanan Lathan is the catwoman <laughs> You didn't know that you needed. I'm going to put this on here every week. He's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again.